The keynote speaker was in such a hurry to get to the venue that when he arrived and sat down at the head table, he suddenly realized that he had forgotten his dentures. Turning to the man next to him, he whispered, I forgot my teeth. The man said, no problem. With that, he reached into his briefcase and pulled out a pair of dentures. Try these, he said. The speaker tried them. Too loose, he said. The man dug around in his briefcase again. Here, try these. The speaker tried them and responded, these are too tight. The man didn't seem taken back at all. He dug around in his briefcase again. Here, I have this pair. Give them a try. The speaker smiled. They fit perfectly. He ate his meal and gave his speech without any further troubles. After the event, the speaker went over to thank his benefactor and returned the spare parts. I want to thank you for coming to my rescue. Where is your office? I've been looking for a good dentist. Oh, I'm not a dentist, the man replied. I'm the local funeral director. Page 2. Hi, I'm Randall Sims, and this is my podcast. Jesus, the Christ, at the cross of Calvary, purchased eternal life for you and for me. Life more abundant. That life has already begun, so why wait until the afterlife to live that life to the fullest? Welcome to the most impatient Christian podcast in the entire world. This is Christ Life Now. Let me read for you something called The Message to the Exiles. These are the words from the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders in exile and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom King Nebuchadnezzar had taken into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. Beginning in Jeremiah 29 and 10. For thus says the Lord, when seventy years of exile have been completed for Babylon, I will inspect you and keep my good promise to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Then will you call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. Then with a deep longing you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity, and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes, and I will free you and gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, and I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. Now to us, 70 years seems like quite a long time. But to God, the Eternal One, it's not even a drop in the bucket. Most of you listening to this podcast today have not yet even reached the age of 70. So 70 years would represent much more than what you or I think of as a lifetime, at least so far. Even when we're 120 years old, I'm certain that 70 will still seem like quite a few years. But during those long 70 years when God's people were exiled into Babylon, what they may have often, if not completely, forgotten was that God had made a promise to them. We can tell from this scripture that the promise had been made already because God is reminding them of that promise in this letter. 
And even though they may have forgotten, even though they may have become discouraged, God had not forgotten, and God had not become discouraged. There were times when they were likely not walking in all the realization of God's plans for them. They didn't know what God's plans for them were, but God is telling them in this letter, I know the plans that I have for you. Even when they may have begun to go astray like sheep and see themselves as something other than blessed, see themselves as something other than God's chosen people, and they may have begun to be discouraged and doubt and think of themselves as mere lowly captives of the Babylonians, this never changed the way God thought about them. God said, I know the thoughts that I think about you. And the same today. We have a choice either to believe what the enemy tries to tell us about ourselves or to believe what the Lord God says about us. Now, if I have to choose whether to believe what a mere man says about me or what God says about me, if I have to decide whether I want to listen to the voice that is coming out of the mouths of my enemies or whether I want to listen to the voice of the one who created me and the entire universe, Guess which one I'm going to go with. I love you, bro, but I'm totally going to go with God in this situation. God was assuring them that his plans for them were plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give them hope and a future. You see, they knew where they were at that point. They were in Babylon, in exile, away from home. At any given point during that 70-year stretch, they could just wake up, look out their window, and know where they were. Looks like another lovely day in Babylon, Mom. Mm, Close the window, Jacob. At any given point in the natural, all they knew was the story so far. But God was reminding them of his plans and of his thoughts. He was letting them know what he knew. And what he knew was the rest of the story. What he knew was You're going to have peace. You're going to have well-being. Your future is not a future of disaster. Number one, you're going to have a future. It doesn't end here in Babylon. And number two, that future is going to be a future of hope. Here's a point I want to make clear. Even with all the things we see going on in the kingdom, in the natural Whatever we see here, there is always way more going on in the spiritual realm. It's kind of like an iceberg. We see this relatively small piece of ice floating above the surface of the water. But the iceberg that exists just below that small piece that sticks up above the water, that piece of ice that exists below that is attached might be a hundred times the size. (laughs) I'm the king of the world. So we must operate and live our lives in Jesus Christ with the understanding that God always knows and soon we will know and be blessed by the rest of the story. 2 Corinthians 4.18 from the Amplified says this, So we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are visible are temporal, just brief and fleeting, but the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. Now, most of the time, who is seeing those unseen things? Well, not us, not those with natural eyes, but think about it like this. A God who only knows and understands and sees the things that we know and understand and see is not a God worth worshiping. Don't you agree? Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unfathomable, inscrutable, 
Unsearchable are his judgments, his decisions, and how untraceable, mysterious, undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, his paths. I want to share with you something that I wrote a few years before any of this chaos started in 2020. I think it's applicable to so many things that so many of us are feeling right now, and it borders on the prophetic. I had no idea what was going to happen as the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020 occurred, but this passage became increasingly true as we reached that particular area of time. So let me reproclaim it for you right now. Cue the seeker-sensitive music. There is a pregnant pause in the atmosphere. The pause that an expectant mother must feel during the last week of the ninth month. The baby has been gestating, growing healthily for all these months, getting bigger and bigger in the womb, thriving, being fed, heart beating, all the necessary organs forming and doing what they're designed to do. And now, all there is to do for mom and dad is to wait to receive. And they pause with great anticipation because they know that a breakthrough is imminent. Symbolically, it's like when you're watching something recorded on television and in the middle of the movie or the television show, you take the remote and you hit the pause button. Everything stops. There's more to come. It's on its way, but it's paused. It's frozen in time. In fact, it's not truly stopped. It's just being held back until you make the decision to hit the pause button again. Today, right now, you and I have an opportunity to hit pause on the remote for the second time. And you know what happens when you hit the pause button for the second time, don't you? It doesn't get even more paused. Nope. Instead, everything starts moving in a forward direction. And when it starts moving in a forward direction, you know what you get? you get the rest of the story. You get the part that's always been there, but you just hadn't seen it yet. You believed it was there, you believed it was coming, and now, right now, today, if you're willing, God is able to pour it out. Amen? Do you feel paused today? Do you know by faith that there is more to your story, more to your life, more to what God has called you to do, more to what God has given you the resources to do? Do you believe this morning that those words that Jeremiah spoke in chapter 29 verse 11 apply to you today? I believe they do. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How exciting is that? After all we've been through, we still have a future. We still have a hope. God still has a plan for me and for you. God did not get derailed or dethroned by what happened in 2020. God didn't get surprised by what happened in 2021. And God's not going to be shocked by whatever happens in 2022. 
I believe that the kingdom of God, you and me, church, are just about ready to hit that pause button for the second time so that the rest of our story begins to take shape. It begins to appear on the screen of our lives. It begins to come to fruition. There's a pregnant pause in our atmosphere, and it is just about time for a breakthrough. It's time to come into a new world, or rather, it's time for us to allow to come into this world something new, something that is the next chapter in the story that God is writing about our lives. Try to think of what God is doing for you right now as a giant birth canal. I would rather not if it's all the same. <laughs> get ready. Get your catcher's mitt. Put on your helmet. Get your cleats ready. We're just about ready to slide into home. Like a newborn babe, I have been set free. Now, many of us are paused at different levels. Some are paused at the level of not even being born again yet. Guess what? That's not a criticism. Today is the day when you can make that change. Or maybe you have been born again, but backslidings have entered into your Christian walk and you feel like you're separated from God. You know about Jesus, but you don't feel like you really know Jesus. You're, you're kicking tires. You haven't truly just made an absolute decision to live for him, but you know that it seems like it might be a good plan. Well, today is your day to unpause, to go forward, to make a decision for Jesus, to become an active participant in the rest of the story that God has written about your life, or to rekindle the flame that has died down to maybe a flicker. It's not difficult. Because as Romans 10 and 9 says, if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, how about repentance, you might ask? Well, it's included. If you adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth, repentance will occur. You will indeed turn away from your past, from your wicked ways. In fact, you don't become born again by repenting. You repent because you're born again. It's about relationship, not religion, people. On the other hand, many people are paused in their story at such a point that they could only be considered a dabbler. Born again, but not growing. Just waiting on God. But the scripture tells you that you are to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, this scripture has been misunderstood for many years by many people, I think sometimes deliberately, and they believe that working out your own salvation means that you can do and say and act however you want because it's your own experience and you're working it out however you see fit. But that's not at all what it's saying. Philippians 2 and 12, he says, Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling. Distrusting yourself, using serious caution, using tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Imagine where we would all be right now if we had spent the last year and a half 
timidly shrinking away from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Verse 13, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Guys, isn't that what it's all about? Working for the goodwill, good pleasure and satisfaction and delight of the Lord. So here's the question for you. What is the rest of your story? Well, you're never going to know unless you unpause it. It's not that hard. Jesus did the hard part. This is not supposed to be a difficult thing. You just need to make the decision to go forward. A decision to live in the righteousness, peace, and joy of God's kingdom. To receive what he has already provided for you. Think about this. What did Jesus come to save you from. We know that he came to save you and to save me, but what did he come to save you from? Well, he came to save you from everything you need saving from. What part of that doesn't sound appealing? The next scenario is for some believers who have been doing all that they know to do. Maybe you're born again, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, being progressively set apart for God's divine purposes or sanctified. And today is the day that you need to step out in faith and say, Lord, I receive the fullness of the gospel. There is a fullness that awaits you. You may not have received yet. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. Your time had just not yet come until today because today is the day today is your day to be baptized completely immersed by the power of the holy spirit talk about making things complicated oh how the church has complicated this over the years but it's not truly that hard how do you receive the full baptism the complete immersion in the holy spirit well, number one, you must be born again. Number two, you must believe that it is for you. Number three, you must desire the gift of the Holy Spirit. Number four, you must ask for it. All right. Now, here's another scenario. Some people who are listening may be paused in a state of being born again, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, being sanctified, but still lack the knowledge to be completely delivered and healed. What am I talking about? How about Isaiah 53 5? It says that he, prophetically speaking of Jesus, the Messiah, he was wounded for our transgressions or our crimes. He was crushed for our iniquities or our sins. The chastisement or the disciplining that makes us whole, that gives us peace, that gives us shalom, fell upon him. And by his bruises or by his stripes, we are healed. Now, to me, that is one of the most comprehensive and most powerful scriptures in the entire Bible. Just a personal opinion. And next week, I might feel like whatever scripture I'm using next week is the most comprehensive and powerful one. But I quote this scripture because it does include so much. Jesus was wounded for our crimes. Should we feel guilty about the crimes that we committed against people before we became born again? No. If we've wronged someone, we should do our best when possible to practice restitution. 
but we should not feel guilty of those crimes because Jesus died and paid the price for them. To be specific, he was wounded because of them. He was crushed because of our sins. Now, some of us have done some pretty terrible things when it comes to sin. And maybe they weren't a crime, according to today's legal system, but that doesn't mean that they weren't a crime or a sin against God. Should we feel bad about those? Should we let those things keep us from progressing, from unpausing, from hearing the rest of our story, and from moving forward? No, we should not. We should not suffer and pay that price. Why? Because Jesus already did it for us. Now, how many of you feel today that God or life or some entity is just trying to teach you a lesson? You're being punished right now so that eventually you can come to know peace. Well, I've got news for you. Jesus already received your spanking. Jesus already took the disciplining, the chastisement that was needed for you to learn the lesson. You want to be whole? You want to receive shalom? You want to receive peace? Don't be concerned about getting a whipping or standing in the corner or being grounded for a month. Jesus has already taken the discipline that is necessary for you to learn your lesson. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. It happened at Calvary. And then by his stripes, or some translations would say by his bruises, we are healed. How are we healed? Well, I believe that it's referring to physically, spiritually, mentally, in every way. We are healed. Not might be or could possibly be, but we are healed. If you're sick in spirit, sick in body, sick in mind, it should not be a matter of asking God to restore you and to heal you. Jesus has already done the work for that to happen. The healing is already there. It's already yours. Just receive it by faith. Amen? Do you receive this word today? No, really. Do you receive this word into your heart and into your life today? Let me speak a blessing over you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, God will bless you and keep you. God will cause his face to shine brightly upon you. God will raise his countenance upon you every day. And God will provide for you the fullness of what it means to walk and operate in his shalom, his peace and way beyond. Yes, indeed, you are blessed. Friends, your story hasn't come to an end. If you're able to hear this podcast today, if you're able to hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, it's not over for you. You just need to unpause, be determined to go forward, knowing that God has plans, good plans for your future. And as Paul Harvey would say, now you know the rest of the story. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. 
Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.